Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihil kareem. Amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet. May peace be upon him. Continuing our exploration of the Quran, 130th at a time. We are now on Juz of 5. And begin. Okay, so first question is Ayah 24. Okay. So there's always like a lot of controversy as to what this ayah is saying. Uh-huh. You're so talking about Malakat Aymanahum? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it's like, so, so what is Malakat Aymanahum? And then, so it says like, on like the fourth line, but it says, So in the English translation, it said like, marry them. But then mm-hmm. that's not, but I mean, nowhere here does it say marry them. Yeah. So can you just explain this ayah, please? So yeah, this is one of those very, very difficult uh, uh, concepts in terms of, you know, our contemporary suburban approach to, to Islam. And so historically, what does it mean, those whom your right hands possess? It means literally your female slaves. Okay. So why is it that they, like, back then, why didn't they, like, free them? Mm-hmm. Or marry them, uh-huh. so they're not their slaves, they're like their wives. Uh-huh. So here it's saying you're not obliged to. Yeah, but why? Because Yeah. So I understand that when we don't get it or something, but yeah. like... Because yeah. when you when they're slaves and you're not marrying them, then they're like technically beneath you or less equivalent uh-huh. to you. And that's not fair. But like, how do we determine what's fair? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, this is... This will be uh, uh, one of the most difficult issues to... to uh, address okay. uh, because uh, it's speaking about uh, you know this uh, how do we put it you know the the brutal reality of, of human nature mm-hmm. you know so think of it a couple ways uh, number one uh, in what different cases at that time did people have have servants or slaves okay so a couple of setups one is prisoners of war didn't have prisons, yeah. So a prisoner of war would literally be a servant in your home. Okay. Another was the slave industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it was as you know uh, horrible or animalistic as the transatlantic slave trade, um, but still, people had the power to to buy and sell other people. Okay, but then if Islam came and it was, it always tells you to free a slave, free a slave. Yeah. Then why would they, or like, why would Islam uh-huh. be like, yeah, it's okay to have uh-huh. a slave if sure, it's sure. always telling you to free a slave? Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't think that saying it's okay if to have a slave, except that saying if you do, but that's almost a semantics point. Uh, and then what else would you have? You might have a tribe where the families of those tribe, they have the responsibility of taking care of a family of another tribe, right? Um, but let's shift away from that. Suppose, you know, somebody in, in, uh, among the founding fathers of America becomes Muslim. Mm-hmm. What happens if that person frees their slave? Um, it's possible that they'll have emancipation papers, uh, or it's possible that they'll get kidnapped and sold in, back into slavery. Okay. Right? And so, but yeah. back, okay, but back, like, during the Prophet's time, slaves weren't always, like, Black, right? They could just be... No, no, they they were everything. Arab. Okay, then. So it's like if African. they were freed, it's not like, oh, they would have been identified as like... Yeah. It's like here, if, like, if you're saying like a founding father freed his slaves, then he would just be kidnapped again. Or it's yeah. like, okay, because he's black, so they yeah. can like identify that. Uh-huh. But if it was just like a regular anyone, mm-hmm. and they were freed, it's like, 
you know, just if they just wear regular clothes like everyone else, sure. then they won't even be. I mean, it's yeah. still, uh, it's it, it. They're still probably recognizable as being uh, a different group, a different tribe. Okay. But nevertheless, um, it doesn't change your original question that you know how can slavery be allowed, mm-hmm. right? And this is something I've also wrestled with, and the the closest thing I can come with an answer is that uh, slavery will never leave uh, the human race. Right, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be there, but we're always told to like. No, you're always told away. to to treat them uh, at a very high standard, being the standard of your family, and we're told um, that you know freeing a slave is one of the better ways to use your money, right? Uh, but um, I don't even know if it's mine is a correct or a satisfying answer, but it seems to be the way I read this is that slavery will never leave, never leave the, the human experience. It'll have blips when it's gone, mm-hmm. but it's never going to go away. Okay. But that's the first part. The second part here is the, the fact of these relationships you can have with these women, mm-hmm. right? And so that's also part of the, the, the outlook here that you are. Uh, that the, the, the man is allowed to have these intimate relations with, with his servant women, his slave women. And that's, you know, that's the culture that's being shown here. And then what's the fact of Majura Hana? Like, are they getting paid for that? Or? So, the way this plays out is another thing that's very hard to swallow is that uh, you find in Islamic law that you can, you know, if you're a man, you can uh, essentially go to uh, the master of a slave okay. Okay. and and essentially marry uh, uh, a slave. Marry or have relationships? So, so I don't know of an English language word, but it's like an official type of relations, right? The compensation, I believe, is uh, not necessarily the same as meher because it may be going actually to the master, right? Yeah. These are the things you find in these old books. But then does she get mahar too if they're getting... Uh, uh, if it's a regular marriage, yes. But if it's uh, you, if you're if you're obtaining her from, from a slave master, I'm not sure if she does. So if you're obtaining her from a slave master, is it that like she leaves her master and like she lives with her husband? Yeah, I don't know if it's permanent or not. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's so... Part of it is I don't have these answers because they were not relevant to me, except to figure out, you know, answers for everybody else. Um, but these are things I'd have to look up. And can, like, can a slave woman reject that marriage? I don't think so. Yeah. But wouldn't that technically, in a way, be rape? Uh, I think in our modern context, it would absolutely be rape. Uh, I think um, in that context, it was understood that you um, that if this is the nature of like like part of being in this position, these other things will also take place, right? But she never asked to be in that position. It's not like she signed up to be a slave. Yeah. So it's like she's in that position without like choosing to, and then she has to abide by these rules too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see the point you're making. I'm saying this is what we find in these these uh, these old books. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there is a way to come up with an explanation for all this that is, you know, satisfying our, our modern sensibilities and how things are or should be. Okay, would this still apply to nowadays? I know you said that slaves still, like, are still, like, human, like society will always 
there will always be slaves in this world. Yeah. But like, would these still apply? Where it's like, if you have a servant that lives with you for a few years, that like a man can just have relationships with you? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know if it would, because uh, I don't know if those types of relationships are built into the culture, right? Okay. So even at the time of the transatlantic slave trade, where you had these these white slave masters who who would then force force their 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 black American uh, female slaves to have relations with them, I think that was all done. Uh, that was all done from the like in a hidden way, right? Here it's basically making it uh, the 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 culture, right? Um, so meaning it's looked at as, okay, this is part of what happens if you're a slave. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, there, I have no way to, to explain this passage in a, in a way that fits with our modern sensibilities. So if America suddenly became a slave state mm-hmm. again, uh, an enslaving state again, uh, would this apply? Uh, I don't think it would apply at least right away. Right. Okay. And what I mean by that is... Uh, uh, I think in American culture, you'd still have slave masters who are effectively raping their, their slave, their, their enslaved women, right? Because it's not considered to be part of the culture. Okay, for this one where it's, okay, when it says that they can have relationships with the, their female slaves. Yeah. Okay, does the wife need to know? Or can that be hidden? That's a good question. Uh, my thought is that the wife should be, uh, should definitely know. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, um, I think the wife should absolutely know. And if the wife like didn't approve of that, does she have a right to be like, no? I mean, she has a right to divorce. She has a right to divorce because of this. I mean, she has a right to divorce anyway. So, meaning... Because, like you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you want to make sure it's like a valid concern. Uh-huh. It's not like something like... Yeah, I mean, that's different than, than what the actual prescriptions are. Yeah, right? so is this valid then? I mean, I would say in my understanding, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Ayah 34. Ayah 34. Ah, Ayah 34. Yeah, again, this is another controversial ayah. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain what Qawamun is? Okay. Uh, so this is translated a few different ways. So men are the maintainers, men are the supporters, uh, all of those, you mm. know. Uh, and so, uh, the general notion is that this is the husband to the wife. Some will spread it to the responsibility of men in society. Um, but yeah, what's your question in particular? Okay, because the way that we were taught is that the qawamun and nisa is that they're like better than the woman. And you have a problem with that? Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> pretty sure that's not what it's saying. Sure. I, I mean, there's nothing here that says men are better than women, right? Yeah, but that's how it's, like, taught. So I knew there's something, like, up because it's such a controversial idea, and then all the controversial ideas about men and women yeah. somehow end up not being taught the right way. Uh-huh. That's what I'm asking you. So it just means, like, they're... They have responsibility. So they have more responsibility. Socially, uh, they have more responsibility, yeah. Okay, so can you explain بِمَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى It's like, what do you mean Allah, like, فَضَّلَ like... Did he favor them? Isn't that what that word is? Yeah, so he takes me through it actually. <laughs> so what are some ways that men in general are favored above women? Okay, not maybe not favored, but like they have some qualities. 
mean, what's that the most obvious one? Well, they're stronger physically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So that would be a favor from a Dunyawi perspective, wouldn't it? Even now, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, I mean, maybe not, but generally speaking, you know. Okay. So what do women have that men don't have? Uh, the ability to give birth. <laughs> that's not a that's not a small thing. That's a gigantic thing. Okay, if you ask a woman that's in labor, she's not gonna be like, "Oh, okay. this is something." Right I don't in expect labor. I don't expect to have a conversation with a woman in labor to say, "Do you feel that this is a favor from Allah to you?" But uh, uh, when she has a child who is a part of her, that's uh, something no man will ever appreciate. Okay. But you're looking for a balance, right? No, Men I mean, get strength, I so women like, get this. You know, I understand that life isn't equality, it's equity. Okay, that's that's, that's nice. What does what the difference between equality and equity mean to you? Is that like, you know, there are things where men, men are better than women, but then there are things where women are better than men. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, just like because, okay, men have to go to like, it's hard for them to go to like Jama'ah, but not for women. Uh-huh. It's not because they're better that Allah likes them more. Maybe it is. What if it is? That's sexist. And I don't think so? Islam is supposed to be sexist. I don't think that's how it is. So either Muslims it means... Are sexist, but not Islam. E- either it means men are better than women because they have to go to the masjid so often. No, or, roles. or it means women are better than men because they don't have to go to the masjid, right? Sure. Oh, you'll accept that one. No, I right? won't because that's still, you know... <laughs> uh-huh. like, I mean, you could take it either way. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, but I'm saying no one has to be better. I don't think it says anywhere that, that one's better than the other. and then we explain where is the faddal, where is the faddaling happening. I mean, it seems that it's happening primarily in strength. Okay. Because, so I why... mean, it's not in risk, because you're going to have many women who are given more risk yeah. uh, than, than men. But generally speaking, uh, the consistent place seems to be strength. Why is it that all the controver- controversial ideas about like men and women aren't very like clear? That's why they're controversial. But why if is they're it... clear, they wouldn't be controversial. No, but like, okay, but why is it that it's always like the ayat about men and women? But this isn't controversial because of that. This is controversial because of Yadr Bohunna. Yeah, that's what I was about to get there. Well, okay. it's like, you know, Yadr Bohunna. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah. going to get there. Okay. I think, didn't we discuss Yadr Bohunna before? Probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's the thing. So it's like, why is it that the words used are very, like, they can be interpreted in so many ways? Yeah, and so... That's how Alatala set it up. But why? So, I mean, so uh, uh, let me reframe it. Uh, like, what is the wisdom that we can gain from the fact that, you know, daraba is being used, which is a very, very vague word, right? Okay, so my thing was, like, maybe this is supposed to be a test for mankind. Or womankind. Womankind. Where it's like, okay, with the true of you, like, the real people, the good people of you, will, like... Okay, how about this? The bad people will just take it the easy way so they can like easily just oppress whoever they want to oppress and just yeah. use Allah's word. Mm-hmm. And then like the good people will actually be like, okay, no, it's not what it means. Yeah. They, they don't take like the easy definition of it because it's, it makes their life easier yeah. or like better. So I guess it just to distinguish who's good. I would say that's probably some of the truth in there, right? And you can apply that to... Um, the the ayah in Ali Imran that says there's two types of ayahs, you know, the muhkamat and mutashabihat. Mm-hmm. And the muhkamat, you know, the categorical rules are the foundation, right? And the mutashabihat are, you know, the allegorical ones, you know. If you're looking to interpret those, you are, it's basically, I mean, the people who have disease in their heart are trying to, are trying to interpret those as though they're the foundation. 
Okay, right. but then why is it that? So why is it like, okay, in order to distinguish who's good, like who has disease in their hearts and who doesn't, but why is it that the women have to like suffer because of it? Uh, I think uh, the way dunya is, uh, I don't know who suffers more in the world, women or children, but far more women in my understanding suffer than men mm-hmm. and far more children suffer than men. Yeah, and, but it's always because of stuff like this. I mean, I would say it includes stuff like this, but if this eye was not there, I don't think that would change much of, of the, the suffering. You know what I'm saying? That, but they use this as like... Yeah, I've, I've had men, you know, in, you know, men who've beaten their wives, who have pointed, you know, like students who pointed to this ayah saying that you can, right? But they're not saying it in a rational state. They're always saying it while they're full of anger, right? Okay. And, and so, uh, uh, does this ayah allow for more abuse? Uh, I'm skeptical that it allows for more abuse, but... That would be something that would be worth studying. But, I mean, uh, I agree with the concern that you're making, um, that uh, women will be on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So. so, I have 77. Same sort? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, can you explain what that is exactly? What? Like, So this was the, the Prophet's, peace be upon him, instruction to the Muslims when they were in Makkah. That no matter what the Quraysh does to you, keep your hands tied. Right? So if they insult you, do not strike was back. This before they went to Medina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when they were when they were in Mecca, you know, that first the crash is mocking them, then you know they start torturing them. And so the prophet's instruction is do not fight back. Okay, why is that? Uh, you tell me what would be why would that what would be the wisdom in not fighting back? And put it in perspective, there's maximum of three hundred Muslims by the end. So that, so what I'm saying is that this I would only apply to that like that scenario, like, where it's like, because there's a few of them, and then they're less in power, and then there's more, that if they fought back, they, they would just fight more with them, and then they'd, like... They'd be annihilated. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but it only applies to, like, that kind of particular case. It's not like, oh, in the future, or, like, when like if somebody's doing something bad to you, you just, like, before you Yeah, I mean, if you, if, you, if you do that as an excuse to avoid justice, then you're doing something wrong. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's sort of addressed in the next sentence, okay. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, look at the word that's used in the next sentence. Kutiba alayhimul. One second. Al qital. Qital. Yeah, so it's not even jihad; it's qital. Yeah. Wait. So. So there are times when the proper thing is to keep your hands tied, and there are times where the proper thing is fighting. And who decides that? So there, the general notion is that the, the head of the state would decide that, right? Because the problem is that if just random people can do it, then I can announce it's time to fight, and then you can separately announce it's time to fight, then we wind up fighting each other. Gotcha. Okay, so for I 78 and 79, yes. it says, 
وان تصبهم حسنه يقول هذه من عند الله وان تصبهم سيئه يقول هذا هذه من عندك so who, who are they talking to like who's عندك the prophet i think they're talking about the prophet peace be upon him so generally speaking a lot of this actually i have to look at the whole context i think a lot of this is about the hypocrites anyway mm-hmm. and so the hypocrites are often blaming the prophet peace be upon him for their difficulties okay cool. and, then, and then it says okay but then it says mm-hmm. okay but then at the bottom it says if something good happens to you it's from allah and if something bad happens to you then it's from yourself yeah But then if everything is from Allah. Dun, 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 dun. Back to okay. free will predestination. But we saw that. <laughs> so how do, how do we make sense of it here? Is everything from Allah? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's the baseline. Okay, but there are going to be some things that, you know, you like and some things you dislike. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the things you dislike... They're from Allah, but the reason you dislike it, that's from you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where is this? Which ayah? It's 79. Oh, next ayah, yeah. 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 But I think if whatever... So, but it's... Okay, وَمَا أَصَابَكَ مِنْ سَيِّئَةَ Whatever bad happens to you, فَمِنْ نَفْسِكَ So it's from you. Yeah. But I thought it was from Allah. Everything is from Allah, yeah. right? But of the things that you regard as evil, mm-hmm. okay? Say, you okay. know, bad, that's you. Okay, but like, so are you saying like, oh, you could either regard it as good or bad? So you want to reach the point where you regard everything as good. But like if someone loses their child, okay, how, is, how are you going to regard that as like Because what happens to that person on the other side? Yeah, uh-huh. if you include the Day of Judgment, then. Okay, how about, like, the people that are being, like, massacred and, like, genocide? Yeah. How is that good? Like, I can't look at them and say, that's good. Yeah. Right? If I'm the one who's suffering, Got you. then I want to reach the point where I can regard everything as good. But how can you regard that as... I mean, it's not good. It's like, okay, what keeps you going is, okay, there'll, there'll be justice in the afterlife, but it's not good... Because you're going to get Jannah. I mean, right now it's not good. Right now it's it's the worst thing in the world. Right? Yeah. But what is Allah Ta'ala giving me in exchange? Inshallah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ayah 92. So it says how that, you know, if somebody accidentally kills somebody, then like, oh, they should free a slave. And then eventually it goes to like, oh, then fast. Yeah. Okay. So you, you see that a lot. Like whenever some, you do something bad, you should fast. You should fast. Yeah. Okay. So basically, but it's, so basically at first it goes where it's like, oh, like you should free a slave. And then sometimes it's like, oh, or you can feed a group of hungry people. Yeah. And then it says fasting. Okay. But the first two, you're helping someone else with the fasting. Yeah. You're not helping any, so it's like... So the basic point being that um, one way to look at it is that if you do not have the capability of freeing a slave or feeding people, mm-hmm. then you fast. Okay, so it's, right. okay, so fasting, you know, it's not like, a, oh, it's, this isn't like a form of punishment. No. It's something... It's compensation. So, 
okay, so we've come from, but like, what, what does fasting get, like, get from you? Well, I mean, if you think of all three of them, um, if I'm freeing a slave, sure, from a dunya perspective, that slave is benefiting. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I'm giving the money for that, uh, my heart is benefiting, right? right? Likewise, if I'm feeding people in that moment, those people are benefiting from a dunya perspective, but my heart is the one that's benefiting because I'm giving. And then the fasting. Likewise, for fasting, my heart is the one that's benefiting. The only thing is that other people are not benefiting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, one nineteen. Okay, it's not okay. So, can you just explain the Falubati Kunna Adan Adani I have no idea. No. Yeah, I've read all kinds of things about this. That this was a, a like a practice of of the Jahils. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea. Tuesday, October 3rd, 2017, 2 p.m. also a metaphor, because usually that's how it works in the Quran, but I don't even know what it would be a metaphor of. Okay. Yeah. 137. 137. Okay, can you explain why people, like, why people do this? Like, how, or how, like, what causes people to, like, disbelieve and then believe and then disbelieve and then believe and then disbelieve and then believe. I mean, I think this this is describing uh, uh, two types of people. Uh, one is a type of person who does not have internal stability, and so they just keep changing what they're doing over and over again. They do this, then they give up on that, then they do something else, and they give up on that, then they do something else, they give up on that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one type of person here. Okay? Another type of person here is a person who just follows what the, the what's going on in the wind, what everyone else is doing. One forty. Okay, so for one forty, it's talking. Okay, so why is it that some people respond to the Quran differently? Like some people, like they're like, oh, like when I read it, I just like I knew, or like I had that feeling, or like whether it's like before that, like whether it was like people before they converted their Quran and they felt something so they converted yeah. or whether it be like people who were born Muslim and when they read it they just feel something yeah. and there are people who don't feel anything and some people could just be arrogant but then there are other people that don't feel anything when they read it yeah. or like they do it's like oh subhanAllah you know, but it's not like they get this high that everyone keeps talking about yeah. so like why is that? Why do different people react differently? Yeah. I mean I think that's just normal part of humanity isn't it? So Think of there being, you know, let's say a hundred different doorways through which uh, someone can get closer to Allah. Okay. Some people, um, and let's say like 10 of those doorways are through Quran. Mm-hmm. And so one person might love the recitation of the Quran. Another person might love the meaning of the Quran, right? Or there might be someone for whom, yeah, they appreciate the Quran. This is the word of Allah. That's what they believe. But they don't have the experience everyone else does. So how do you find that experience? Whether it's not through the Quran, like something else. Like how do you find that? Like, I'm yearning. Not... So, so what you do is you focus on the yearning that is in your heart, okay? And then you try to make all your du'as coming from that yearning, okay? Now, keep in mind, if you're looking for a feeling, yeah, um, and sometimes that's just a myth. But everyone talks about it like it's like, oh my God, 
Like, okay, you know, like that high that people keep talking about? Yeah, and I'm saying a lot of times that's a myth. Then why do people keep talking about it? Because uh, I think they're confusing that with Iman. That, like, someone will say, okay, when I listen to this person's speeches, I get an Iman rush, mm-hmm. right? It's probably not a rush of Iman. Some cases it might be, but for many people, I think it's the same thing that someone else gets when they go shopping. You know, like a rush of, of mm-hmm. dopamine. Okay, is that... So you want the, the Iman rush? Yeah, Iman is not necessarily going to be a feeling. But when you have good... Okay, but then eventually if you do get... You have high Iman, wouldn't you get the feeling to it? You'll have gratitude, the feeling of gratitude. So how do you... So so this rush, that you shouldn't be aiming for that rush? You should not be aiming for the rush, correct. Okay, can't you hope for the rush? Sure, but... Doesn't the rush help you? I think it helps some people. I don't think it helps everybody. Because I think... Uh, it's just like a miracle, right? Some people see a miracle happen and it brings them closer to Allah. Other people see a miracle happen and it turns them further away from Allah. Right? The splitting of the moon. Wouldn't all of us want to see miracles? Yeah. Yeah? But for some people, it's not going to bring them closer to Allah. Okay. Fair enough? Yeah? Yeah. Like, okay, one thing I thoroughly, thoroughly love doing is just having large time slot to study. Right? Mm-hmm. So like last Saturday, what I do, almost all day, I just sat here in the office and just studied, right? I don't know what time I even got here, maybe like 11, and I left uh, after Maghrib. And it was literally just studying, and it was like the greatest day in history, right? Because that's what I enjoy doing. Um, But part of the issue there is that was probably, if you were to do some neurological study, there's probably dopamine being released. Yeah, so how do you, where do you find, like, how do you figure out what it is Islamically, like, that you do to get close to Allah that gives you that, like, dopamine rush? Just, just take some, like, antidepressants and you get your dopamine rush. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking for a feeling, right? Okay, think about it this way. When we speak of spirituality, some people are speaking of a high. Yeah. Right? So, then smoke marijuana if you want a high. Okay, that's how. Correct. Unless you're like in Morocco, then then apparently it's not wrong. You mean illegal? No, I'm saying in like some places in North Africa, the scholars have ah. said it's all good. Yeah. Okay. So in any case, um, 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 so you could get that. Some people will think, oh, we'll speak of spirituality as a type of intoxication. Like one of the words for alcohol is spirits, mm-hmm. and part of the idea was that. What we're regarding as intoxication, they regard it like this elevated spiritual state, right? But for us, what is spirituality usually? It's obedience to Allah, and you're seeing reality more for what it is. It's like when people get disappointed in Ramadan, they're like, I don't feel anything. Yeah. But you probably feel clarity. And so for us, clarity is more spirituality. Okay. Last, I... But I think anybody can achieve clarity. Anyone? Yeah, if, meaning if they're obeying Allah and all that stuff, yeah. That, I think, is available for everybody. The emotional high, some people have it, some people don't. Some people get it, you know, at the birth of a child. Some people have it, like I said, if they buy, buy a pair of shoes. Okay. So if you're not getting a high... It is mean... not a sign that there's something wrong with you. Okay. If you're not seeing the Prophet Christian in your dream, it is not a sign that there's something wrong with you. You may actually have higher iman than someone who sees the Prophet peace upon him frequently. 
Um, can you explain the Ayah 147 where it says, Vagana Lahu Shakid and Adima? Like, what is he? Oh, this is so. Uh, so, one of your question patterns is, okay, Allah Ta'ala doesn't need it, yeah. right? But here, Allah Ta'ala is, is describing um, um, us, or like, you know, how to perceive Allah, okay? The transaction. Mm-hmm. So, the transaction is, okay, so he's giving you your life, okay? And if you give your life in service to him, he is uh, giving you what you understand to be gratitude, he does not need it. He owns everything. That part's established. Okay, yeah. So if we give, wait. So if we give our life, like for Allah, yeah. then Allah's thankful for it. He is shakir. He is yeah, making gratitude. Yeah. So just he, he's not. So he's not like oh grateful for it, but in ways so we can understand yes. it. So I mean, it may also be grateful in some way that we don't understand, right? But, um, but like being shocked at it, that sounds like a human trait, right? Yeah. But it helps us to understand, you know, among the benefits of, uh, or among the benefits of our various actions, right? So, does Allah do Tawbah? No. Why not? What does Tawbah mean? It means to turn. Right? Oh. Yeah. And so, isn't Allah Tawab? He's because he, he lets people... He lets people turn. Yeah. Yeah, but he is essentially... One way to understand is that if you turn to Allah, Allah is turning to you. Or, if you come walking to Allah, then what? He'll come running to you. But isn't he everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, but the point is, so you can understand what that means. Right? If you come to Allah, when it means he comes to you at speed... It means essentially he's opening many doors for you to get closer to him. Okay. okay. So if you if if you are uh, so Allah Taala gives you your whole body and your time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then if you're giving him a loan, what does that mean from your perspective? You're giving up something for Allah, and then you're going to get back more. Okay. Allah Taala doesn't need it. Yeah. Or think of the ayah that says in tamsurullah yansurkum, right? So, does Allah need your help? No. No. But if you're helping Allah, what does that actually mean? Spreading the message. It means you're helping Allah's way. Okay. Right? Then Allah Ta'ala is also going to help you. So, see what we're saying? Yeah. That what you can assume in these types of ayahs, number one, yeah, maybe it does mean that Allah is shocked the way we're thinking, but we don't know how. Okay? okay. But it also means that when you are doing something, like what does it mean to be grateful? It means when someone's doing something for you, you uh, you appreciate it, okay. you acknowledge it. So that's what shakir would mean here. That if you are doing something for Allah, it will be acknowledged. Okay. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. That is it for this juzah. That's all. Mashallah. I'm still riding on that high from last week when we saw the ayahs about. <laughs> yes, la yuchliful mi'ad. Right, subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nasakfirika na wa natubi ilaik wa akhira da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.